This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Plenty to break down from this past weekend's NFL Combine. We're going to stay with the tight end position. I know we just talked about it. Hey, Bengals are in the red zone. Michael Mayer is going to be the guy that could probably come down with the ball. If you were looking at the first round of the draft, do you feel like tight end one kind of changed in the eyes of the NFL when it comes to that round? Or is it going to be more of the pro days and um, a few more weeks until you can really decide like, okay, it's going to be Darnell who's tight end number one or Michael Mayer may be available early in the second round. Do you think both of those guys go in the first round? I think they both go. And I think Kincaid might go too. Um, I don't think Musgrave goes because he wasn't, as crazy of an athlete as people were trying to say. He was still very, very good. He was an elite athlete. He just wasn't clearly the best in the class. And he has like 700 career yards. So it's not – Mayor topped that twice in, in a season. You know, topped it last year and the year before. So, um, yeah, I I think three tight ends go or could go in the first round. I'll say three tight ends in the top 40 picks. Like if one of them falls out of the first round, he probably gets picked up early second round. Uh, so I wouldn't, I would think all three of them, and I think it's just what somebody values. I don't think either of the three are like fully separated as like, that has to be the first tight end taken, you know, like you're, you're a fool. If you don't take that one first, it's, well, what do you need? Do you want a guy that just moves really well, can't block, but you're just going to create mismatches because that's Kincaid. Do you want a guy that can step in and play right away and do everything that's mayor? Or do you want a guy that's going to block like crazy and is very athletic and might become something in the passing game? Then that's Washington, but they all three have a case. And I don't, I think they're all same tier type of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just can't wait for the first round to see where everybody goes. If we keep talking about these tight end group, tight end group, and it felt like Cincinnati that was really heavy when it comes to the meetings on what position group they were meeting with. Um, it really does feel like they're going to lean into the tight end position, but there were a lot of other guys to watch from the combine that, Hey, if they're available, even on the defensive side, they could change their way when it comes to best player available and, and who they decide to get in the first round. But we're going to go to the offensive line. And um, I know Bengals fans are kind of split down the middle. I think obviously if you can make your trenches better on both sides of the ball, that's the way to go. Um, that's the reason that they don't have two Lombardis right now. And it's extremely important to get there again. And um, you're going to have to bolster it up and we'll go to the offensive line prospects because it doesn't feel like it's a really heavy offensive line draft. We've talked about that before. There's going to be a few guys who go early, but when they get to 28, would the Bengals be reaching when you watch the combine or saw the tape and watch some of these guys from this past weekend, did your mind change on any of these offensive linemen? 
No, not really. Uh, Darnell Wright was impressive. I think I think he feels like a because I I didn't think he was that athletic on film, and when he had a heck of a day, you know, he uh, what he's. 94.5 RES was relative athletic score, which takes everything into account. He ran better. He came in at 340 pounds and still had that RES score. It's impressive. I think that would be the guy if I had to pick one of these guys to take at um, 28. The other, I mean, I think like a Dewan Jones is interesting. I don't know. Did he do an, he didn't do enough to, I'm trying to see. Did he do enough to get an RAS score? I know he ran. No, it doesn't. We don't. Uh, I don't see one for him. So he ran, and it was like below average. But he's 380 pounds. So being below average is actually good for him. And he's got 36, almost 37 inch arms. Like he came in looking like the freak that he is. So like, that's another one. I think, I think it'd be between those two. Anton Harrison is a guy that keeps getting mocked to the Bengals and uh, sure. He was an above average athlete at the combine. And I thought he looked like a round two guy on film. Nothing moved for me. The other guys, at least I can make the case as to why I'd really want them in round one. I'm not going to say it's a bad pick to take Harrison. He's got some production. You could argue he, I think he gave up one sack in two years. And Bengals fans love using sacks as an argument for offensive tackle play, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see that as a first round pick, but maybe that's just my valuation of it. Uh, maybe they can fix everything. He would get probably a year to sit behind Jonah because uh, he's a left tackle. So no, my opinion didn't move too much on any of these guys. I thought, the one thing was that Darnell Wright kind of solidified to me that he is the best of what is probably was possibly going to be available. Yeah. I, I just had this feeling that, you know, of course, if, if a top offensive lineman dropped and they're there at 28, it would be really smart to go ahead and pick him up. And, and I think next week is going to be really telling for the Cincinnati Bengals because they're going to decide, or they're pretty much telling us, Hey, they're either going to go buy a right tackle. And I still don't think it's going to be anything too crazy. Um, but just another, I, I've mentioned it before, Riley Reef, um, a little bit below a Lyle Collins when Lyle Collins is good uh, type of guy at right tackle. I don't know if they're going to move on from Lyle Collins or if they're going to bring him back more as a depth piece um, and not rush him back from his ACL injury. But I just feel like with right tackle, we're, we're, we don't know the direction that they're going to go, but they still have to look for Jonah's replacement going into the 2024 season. So yeah, offensive lineman, I wish it was a heavy offensive lineman draft because I want this team to get better and they have to get better at drafting offensive linemen when it comes to the future and paying these guys. Cause we've talked about it before. It's Joe Burrow. You want to get T Higgins. You want to pay Logan Wilson. You want to pay Jamar chase. And you're going to have to figure out how to draft your offensive alignment because they're going to be expensive um, and you can't buy all of them. So I don't know. I'm intrigued to see what they do when it comes to the draft with offensive alignment, but I'm still stuck on they go tight end or maybe they go to the defensive line and which the defensive line in just a moment. But when it comes to the running back room, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. Uh, Smaj P. Ryan's a free agent. Um, it just felt like at the combine, we talked about it on last week's episode that, they didn't feel that they were 
strong about Joe Mixon returning for this season. Uh, they weren't confident. He's still under contract. Uh, they might change their ways, restructure it again um, with Joe Mixon to be determined on what they decide to do. But did any of the running backs impress you? Um, always got to mention the guy who runs uh, the fastest, so Devon A. Chain. He's like 185 pounds. So you know, uh, he's, he's small, but he ran the fastest. So good for him. Can't really pass protect. He's small. Um, he's not overly elusive either, but you know he's he's a breakaway potential, and he was the only guy to run low four threes. I think um, my guy Zach Charbonnet, he did really well for himself. Ninety six point eight relative athletic score. His forty time was uh, what it was under four six. It was like four five six or something like that four five six so it was pretty much what is that i think that's above average for a running back like that's pretty good for him especially because some of the guys that i thought would run better didn't run better even though chase brown had a really good relative athletic score i was kind of surprised at his 40 time because on film he's always able to hit the home run and break away but then he runs and it's not anything wrong with running like a four four something but he ran a four four something and i thought he's gonna be a four three guy so there was a lot of running backs that just didn't really do anything. And then two guys that I think I already wasn't into them, but they kind of hurt themselves was Kenny McIntosh who ran like a four or six something. And he's already like 210 pounds. Can't pass protect. Isn't a good runner. He's a wide receiver type at running back. And I was just like, this is already somebody I'm not into. And then he didn't even run fast. And then uh, Zach Evans who did nothing besides come in, at like 200 pounds when he was listed at 220 in college all throughout his career and then didn't do anything. He didn't run. He didn't do anything. Like dropped all that weight and then didn't run. Okay. I, I think he might have gotten hurt or something or all these running backs had some excuse. But like, I'm going to run at my pro day <laughs> that type thing. I like the guys that actually ran. So that's Ryan. It's like guys that competed, went out there and did the did everything. So I, I don't know, some guy, Bijan was the one that I was like, you don't need to do this. And he was out there. He did everything. He did the 40. He did the, uh, you know, he did all the jumping stuff. He did all the drills. Gibbs did as well. I, yeah. Jameer Gibbs did all those as well. So like the top two by consensus. And then the guy I have in that same tier is Gibbs, Charbonnet. They did everything. There was a lot of these like, third round fourth round types they're like i'm not doing this i'll do this at my pro day and i i don't know i don't like that he's like go do it good the top guys are doing it Bijan robinson is doing it he could do nothing and yeah. go in the first round but he's out there competing another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
he could have pulled a Joe Burrow and went to his press conference and then like, hey, I'm just going to chill in the rest of the time until draft day because I'm good. You know, I don't need to, to go out here and perform or anything like that. So uh, when it comes to the running back, it, it, it's another thing to watch next week for them. Um, you know, if it is someone that if they re-sign Samaje, uh, if they restructure Joe Mixon, or if this is something where they try to get a running back late in the draft, if you mentioned the third and fourth round guys, would you feel comfortable saying that, Say they bring Samaje back uh, for a pretty limited deal. Nothing too crazy, but hey, he, he can get a payday out there. And they draft a late NFL draft running back. Who would you feel comfortable with in maybe the late to third or fourth round? Uh, my third round guy is Tajay Spears, as long as he's still there. Um, and then my fourth round guy is Kendra Miller. So those two, Spears. I've talked a lot about having an article on he's like 200 pounds. That's the real issue, but he's good receiver and a great shotgun runner. I think he fits a lot of what the Bengals want. I do think he's like, he didn't run one of the many. Uh, I think he's like a four, four, five type. And you could probably, if he ran a four, five, Oh, I would not be like shocked or anything he's not really the home run at 200 pounds that you might think he is, but he's still, fast like he's not not fast he's still fast he's he's more so good speed than elite speed uh and then kendra miller also didn't run but awesome size speed combo on film you don't usually don't find a guy that athletic at that size and he's really young uh so those two in the third and fourth round i think i would feel pretty comfortable with them when you get into like the fifth sixth seventh round that's when i start getting uncomfortable because you know, you could look at a guy like Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn probably ate about seven pizzas and drank a, three gallons of water before he got weighed in and still was under 180 pounds. And he's five foot five. Like you're hoping for Tariq Cohen, I think is what you're doing with Deuce Vaughn. And like, that's fine. But I don't compare him to Darren Sproles because Darren Sproles was a freak. I mean, Darren Sproles, elite agility numbers under a four second, short shuttle under a seven second, three cone. And then he went and rep. 225 23 times like that's unheard of <laughs> doing that type of thing so uh i think third fourth round i still feel comfortable just pairing that guy with uh p ryan and letting him go the one guy that i think plays so much like p ryan that like keep mixing and just let that guy come in at p ryan at a cheaper price is roshan johnson from texas because he he's such a in college so it gets different in the nfl it's faster they bring some other types of rushes such a good pass protector. Texas does it right. Stan Drayton and um, can't remember the other running back coach. Shout out. You know, those guys are killing it uh, because Bijan too. They're both really good pass protectors. They're like two of the only guys that are. It's shocking a little bit with Bijan because I, I went into watching him thinking I'm going to have to hand wave some of that pass protection stuff away because these five-star recruits, they're not asked to pass protect, you know, high school, they're getting the ball every time they're on the field. They're taking a break on passing plays, uh, but no, he, he was really good at it. So that's uh, the one guy I feel comfortable if you keep mixing and you want to still have like a 60, 40 type situation going Roshan Johnson usually makes the right read. He's not explosive. You could do that. Uh, in the fifth round, shout out Kentucky fans. The one guy I would go for, two guys, I guess, is Israel Abanakanda there. That's the pit guy. He's a home run guy. Um, and then the other one, 
Shout out Kentucky. Chris Rodriguez Jr. I think he has a place in this league. I don't think he's explosive, but he's powerful, stays on his feet, doesn't really – I didn't see any fumbles. Or I heard somebody say he fumbles. I don't know. I, I didn't watch every game. But, yeah, that's a, that's a guy I think has a place in the league just as a big bruiser. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about on the defensive side, but I'm going to push that to Thursday's pod, and we'll get more on the breakdown of that because it could change your mind on who the Bengals take at 28. Uh, when it comes to Joe Mixon restructure, do you if Cincinnati does it, do you think they do it before free agency starts next week? Oh, man. I have no idea. Uh, I don't. I To me, they – they would do it in conjunction with signing somebody maybe. I don't know though. I don't think they do it before free agency, but we'll see. I think they want to keep the options open that they might let them go. And maybe if you restructure, you can't do that. So, and I'm not saying they should or should not let them go. I'm saying, I think if Bijan Robinson was there at 28, they would heavily consider it and look at everybody else who's there and might take him. And if you take Bijan Robinson at 28, there is no reason to keep Joe Mixon because he's going to cost too much even at a reduced price. So just let him go and let him go find a new team. Uh, so I think they want to keep that option open. But, yeah, if I had to guess, I don't think they restructure it before the season starts. We'll see, though. Um, I think that'll be telling a little bit. If they restructure him, he probably stays. If they don't, I think he's still at risk of being cut. I don't think he gets cut before free agency. Do you think that could happen? No, I I don't think it happens. They could have an agreement for the post-June 1st cut, um, but I just don't. I, yeah, at the end of the day, it'll probably more than likely be, um, you know, after the draft or uh, we'll, we'll really know what's going on when we get to the draft, because I don't feel like free agents can free agency is going to be too telling for the running back room uh, because they could re-sign Samaje. And that doesn't really mean too much as yeah. far as what are you going to do for your starting running back and Joe Mixon, um, or if you get another guy. So I think when we get into the draft, they'll really figure out what they're doing with that position. And I think right now it's smart to just keep it as it is. And then they'll make that um, important decision when it comes to the running back room, when we get into the draft, but plenty to talk about. I'm pumped for agencies a week from today, all the fun stuff, new league year next Wednesday. We'll get into uh, the defensive side of the combine and more when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday's pod, but I know you're busy over on all Bengals. What is up there? Uh, Hopefully tomorrow, by the time you're listening to this. uh, So tomorrow for us, when you're listening today, (laughs) hop over to all Bengals. I'm hoping I get my Michael Mayer article up. So I'm going to do one on Mayer for tomorrow for Wednesday or what? Yeah. Wednesday, March 8th. And then I'm hoping to also get Washington up this week, but we'll see. It's just a busy week. And then next week is busy for me too. I'm not in a good, not a good spot for doing this. Huh? I should have this figured out better. No, I'm sure the, the tight end pieces are going to do great for Cincinnati Bengals fans. So I know they're going to want to check that out. Make sure you follow them too. Bengals underscore Sands, really good breakdown of all the prospects, players, um, and just a good Twitter follow. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. I'm not the good Twitter follow. He is. Um, I said that in my name. So I just want to clear that up, but make sure you follow both of us over on Twitter. And thank you as always for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.